millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. This week we're getting stuck into Google snooping, Red Dead 2, and 20 years of the iMac. And to help me do that, I'm joined by Mac World Editor Karen Khan. Hi. Tech World Editor Charlotte G. Good morning. And the Games Editor at Tech Advisor Lewis Painter. Hello. Let's get on with the show. So, Charlotte G. Yep. Google, what have they been up to this time? Google's been <laughs> quite naughty. So on Monday it emerged that if you tell Google to stop tracking your location, it doesn't stop tracking your location. Like, that's the simplest way that I can really put this. That seems a little bit muggy. Yeah, it does. It <laughs> does. Um, there are ways to get around this, um, but it requires quite a lot of intervention on the user's part. Like, you think you can just press location off and then Google doesn't track you. That's yeah. not the case. Okay. It's basically a bit more complicated than that. Um, yeah, I mean... It's, it's a tough one because there isn't a huge amount you can say other than Google is tracking you even when you don't want it to. But I guess the wider point is perhaps around um, companies sort of basically enacting some form of surveillance. Well, it's, on... I, I find it very insane that there was like a little like clicky button, that, yeah. like slider button, which would say turn off location services. And mm. we all did that a couple of years ago. And then two yeah. years later, we find out that that didn't do anything. I think, it, I, to be fair, I actually think it's absolutely scandalous. Like, I mean, as in you should have some expectation that if you're being told that, that you have an option to opt out of something, that when you ask to opt out of it, that is respected. Yeah. It shows, it shows quite a lot of contempt for your users. Um, I mean, people do like to say, well, what we're expecting, it's free. But I, I'm not sure that I entirely buy the, it's free, therefore you can just track lie. everything I do and <laughs> lie to me. Yeah. So um, what what, yeah. what actually happened when you turned off location services and what do they keep tracking? Because I'm sure there's a, a slight amount of nuance here. Uh, there is. Uh, I wish that I'd done a little bit more preparation before we had this conversation. Um, <laughs> essentially, it's around turning off your location history. People kind of thought that you can delete that, but it turns out Google still keeps a record of it. Fine. Um, and yeah, I haven't got much more to say. To you yeah, so I'm guessing they're basically not, they're going to, pretend like they're not tracking your location but actually they're just storing it all on a server yeah yeah pretty much is that how they're getting around it is that how they're framing it then uh, we're not actually tracking you yeah i mean well they they definitely are though i think part of the issue as well is that there are ways to track you that aren't just using google location services yeah um i mean in reality if you if you own a smartphone you can be tracked at any point yeah, that's just the the reality of it. I mean, you can use like cell phone masks to track people. Like there are a lot of different ways, but I think it's more like how in, like in serial. 
Yes, or yeah. in Spooks. There was a whole yeah. there was a whole hour and twenty, I think, in Serial where they talked yeah. about triangulating. Yes, um, telephone masks. Yes, yes, that thrilling can... podcast listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's an interesting one. Google Google has so this this story kind of broke on Monday. Google has responded, but it's um it's it's kind of responded by saying like we're going to make this clearer rather than we're going to actually change what we're doing. So they kind of, Google relies on people um, either not caring or just being quite lazy yeah. about their privacy, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and, 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 you know, people complain about these things and get scandalised, but then they don't really do anything about it. Well, that was the thing I was going to say is like this, for something that seems quite scandalous, mm. hasn't really got caught headlines, national headlines. No. I mean, obviously the tech press are writing about it um, yeah. and sort of feigning uh, like disgust, but I haven't seen... I haven't seen Google yeah. get in front of it. They, no, they, no, they don't seem particularly no. interested in responding. To I think they're it. just going to wait for it to blow over. I think. Yeah. I think to be honest with you, I I find it all slightly baffling. Kind of the hierarchy of what gets, what becomes an outrage and what doesn't. Because to me, this is this is potentially. I don't know if it's as scandalous as Cambridge Analytica. Perhaps people don't have the sort of idea around meddling in elections or whatever. But mm-hmm. to me, this is actually the same principle to an extent, which is people nicking your data or tracking you without your consent well it, yeah it comes down to breach of trust again yeah. doesn't it yeah and that that was what everyone's issue with the cambridge analytica thing was yeah. that they were you know doing these quizzes or whatever under good faith and then that was being abused mm. um for for reasons that they didn't originally sign up for and i'm guessing yeah. google are using this to advertise or to you know mm. build up a picture of of you as a as a consumer and then using that for monetary gain so yep. it is again sort of a breach of trust absolutely and i think i i personally find i think it's kind of gone a bit too far really because i actually i mean i've i've been prompted to switch this off because google i got sick of google noti- noticing that i was at a restaurant asking my opinions about it asking if mm-hmm. i am i at this train station do you want to know when they go and it's just a little bit too much i mean in a way it's good because it reminds you that you are being essentially tracked by google but on the other hand it's um there's a fine line between helpful and creepy yeah and i think that perhaps (laughs) there's a slight nuance as well between the us and the european market at least from what i understand europeans tend to be i mean this is a huge generalization (laughs) tend to be a little bit less keen on that whereas i think people in the us are a little bit more relaxed about about the concept of being tracked i don't know yeah and what do you think karen I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, maybe the press here tends to be a bit more sort of, you know, investigative about that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 It's an interesting one. What about you, Lewis? Do you think you'll, will it change, change what you do with your... I mean, I've kind of accepted that Mm. our technological overlords will always be watching us and tracking Mm. us and stuff like that. Um, But at the same time, if you do turn off your location services they should be turned off like it should be universal mm. and there should be no way that they'll be able to track you yeah but. i mean it seems to me like such a basic principle yeah just like if you've told if you told someone i don't consent to you doing that yeah. and then they are still doing it they're mm. doing something against your consent they're taking the apple way of doing <laughs> things like with apple in, in one of the oh, recent <laughs> updates they uh you can toggle on and off your bluetooth and wi-fi from yeah. um, this little swipe up menu but it doesn't actually turn off your bluetooth and wi-fi it just stops it yeah. from connecting and it's just like yeah. until yeah. the next morning when yeah. It, it comes up yeah, yeah. A, little, a little bit of a tangent there but ah. no yeah yeah it's yeah it was the same kind of principle isn't it I guess it's, it's a hard one because it feels so um it, I know what you mean about like accepting it, it feels so kind of futile in a way getting yeah. mad about the stuff because you just think it, you can end up feeling completely helpless and I do really admire people who take a strong stance on this and actually are very privacy savvy oh, yeah. but at the same time I look at the extent that they have to go to just to 
maintain some kind of security. Yeah. And it's and it, there's no getting around it. It is a big faff. Yeah, it <laughs> like is. Like using yeah. using constant two factor authentication or you know encrypting everything using VPNs. Like it 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 is a bit more of a faff. But then you know maybe the trade off is worth it. Maybe we should all be doing that. I don't. It really doesn't. Know. It doesn't particularly surprise me that that Lewis, the person that had I think 140 <laughs> apps authorized yeah, by like, Facebook, yeah, it was like 240. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis is relaxed at best about, <laughs> about his data. Lewis privacy. is very much accepted <laughs> that these services are going to access his data. I think yeah. I've just accepted. Like I, I, I've accepted that they'll take that data and try to use it against me. But I acknowledge where they use it, and mm. I will kind of go against it. I'm like, oh, well, you've seen me look for something, and you're mm. now you're serving it up as an app. I'm not going to click on that. Yeah. yeah. The thing I find most pressing is when you look through your Google history and you look at all the like YouTube videos that you listened to <laughs> when you were like slightly drunk and sad that one day. <laughs> it's like, you listened to George Michael 10 times. Like, the Google Assistant recordings that they store. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a whole other kettle of fish kind of get, getting into um, kind of voice assistants. Mm. And yeah. But I mean, that's 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 perhaps for another podcast because that's a whole. Tech is just murky in general. Yeah, that, that's a whole other. <laughs> well, thing. all of that stuff does um, does get stored on a server, and it's in your terms yeah. of it's in your terms of. I get very tin mm-hmm. hole, tin foil hat about the whole. Uh, voice assistant thing yeah and no, i get very there is no tinfoil hat <laughs> yeah. conspiracy about voice assistant <laughs> i know i know do you know it, it is a hard it is a hard one like i've been with a number of mates where people have people believe basically that facebook listens to you and then serves you ads based people, on your conversation people genuinely believe this. and actually and but i completely get where they're coming yeah, from I understand because it. sometimes it is totally uncanny and you mm-hmm. do look at it and think how on earth did you like, for as an anecdotal example, like Dan mentioned the word beer and Moretti in a conversation and then saw a, a, Google, um, a Facebook advert for that about five minutes later. I think that's and just that a is... psychological trick. Though. No, it is. He, I know. He yeah. fits the I bill. sincerely doubt that Facebook is actually doing this, yeah. but I do understand why people get like I get it. I get it. Yeah. When you buy a new car, and then everywhere you look is the same yeah. car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think it's because it's entered your kind of yeah. consciousness. Yeah. So it's yeah. So yeah. when you learn a new word as well, you'll see that word being yes, used exactly, everywhere. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's kind of just human psychology, I yeah. guess. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think that although Facebook aren't doing that, I don't know. Voice assistance is one that I'm not. I'm not sure about the whole the whole thing where it recorded the conversation between two people. And then emailed it to one of their friends. Yeah, I was like, that might be a glitch, but it's a pretty big glitch. Yeah, I mean, Huge yeah, yeah. Actually, we've got an Alexa at home, and it does keep just coming on random yeah. times. Yeah. And you're like, did I just say something to make? I saw a great tweet yeah. yesterday that was like, things that Alexa doesn't pick up. Uh, me standing two feet away, saying very clearly, Alexa. Things that Alexa does pick up the tap being turned on yeah <laughs> like the weirdest things just set it off and there's like yeah. there's, a, there's an advert on tv at the moment where one of the characters in the advert is called alex and that always sets oh her off God. yeah do you know what i'm actually funny enough going to meet a woman who is on the team that develops alexa mm. so i'm gonna have a chat with her and be like look can i just clarify all of these things because i'm <laughs> she so thinks curious. you're going for a nice friendly drink but actually <laughs> no. you're there to do qa i'm totally <laughs> i'm totally there for journalistic Feedback. purposes like yeah there's no no way around it to get uh, back onto Google, to get back onto Google quickly, um, they. I, I think we maybe should have been a little bit more aware of this when we logged into Google Maps and it knew where we were even when we turned off our location settings. I, yeah. think that, I feel like that should have been the giveaway. I think in a way, people, yeah, I think people deep down often know these things are happening, but almost choose not to think about it because it's actually... Yeah it's easier to just kind of think oh okay like that might be happening but because when you actually confront the scale of of kind of what there's a guy on twitter called Aral Balkan who calls this like 
surveillance capitalism. When you actually step back and you look at the whole like sausage factory, it's, it can be a bit overwhelming where yeah. you're like, okay. So it's, in a way it's easier to just be like, oh, okay, that's weird. I'm just going to not look at that or investigate it any further. We talk, we <laughs> so talk, we all want to live in a bit of a denial about these yeah, things sometimes. We, we talk about privacy on this podcast a lot and often it boils down to, okay, we're going to get sort of up on our like high horse about it but then actually it won't ever change people mm. because of what you said earlier the alternative is is a bit of a faff mm. um but I, I honestly if you're i just think it simply comes down to if you feign to care about your privacy mm. don't use google don't yeah. use facebook oh, yeah. yeah like it, it, these companies are built on yeah. tracking you and knowing lots about you yeah and like it, anyone who has the slightest amount of knowledge about these things knows that so if mm. if you do that don't use a google browser don't use google mm. maps like, don't use a photos. google phone we need no, to write a how-to yeah. about how to become anonymous don't we yeah all the criminals out there i think we might actually have that we've got loads of do you know what though like I, I completely agree with you scott i think that what it boils down to is if yeah if you do care about this there is no way around it you can't be using you just can't be using those no. services because no. they're entirely predicated on on your data yeah it doesn't matter what what you turn um, off or yeah. what you pretend to like uh, yeah. like not allow access to yeah. there's still going to be some data access and some mm-hmm. sort of tracking yeah. going on so. I mean this is where I guess Apple often claim the moral high ground yeah. mm. um, around sort of privacy because I think there's a general perception that Apple's a lot more careful like it's not it's, it's business model isn't based on data it's based no. on people buying and they, its things they will keep reiterating that so, yeah. you know Tim Cook's always out there saying you know, yeah. we don't do anything with this data, yeah. you know? but you know it actually it, I think it's a bit of a selling point because I've been a... I, I've actually used both iOS and Android at, at different points, but I'm actually starting to wonder whether I'm going to go back to Apple. So perhaps that privacy point is 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 come, hitting home because there's a bit of me that's thinking, actually, I kind of want to get out of the Google ecosystem yeah. potentially because mm. st- stories like this just reinforce my perception that mm. I it's a trade I'm actually not willing to make. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so... This looks good for Apple, bad for Facebook. Sorry, bad for Google. <laughs> and Facebook, because they're all doing, yeah. yeah. Consumer, exactly. consumer choice is the winner. Yeah. The interesting one, though, I would just add as a kind of follow-up to that, is um, Amazon. Because Amazon kind of goes below the radar and doesn't really come in for the same criticism around data privacy. No. But I wonder whether perhaps it there is some more to that. Than well, yeah, I mean, Sir so Martin Sorrell, before his big disgrace um leaving wpp he um let's word this very carefully <laughs> yeah no but like obviously martin's an absolute titan of the advertising industry mm-hmm. um and he said um at an event i was at a year ago that the amazon was the was the elephant in the room mm-hmm. for the advertising industry because everyone talks about the duopoly of google and facebook and no one talks about amazon but yeah. amazon very quietly are amassing a, a similar scale yeah. in terms of advertising and yeah. and building up data on people so yeah uh, it's definitely one worth watching yeah definitely cool um gonna go around the room uh i've got nothing witty (laughs) but i'm just gonna say google or big brother yeah uh well i think probably big brother after that conversation yeah 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 big brother yeah definitely (laughs) yeah yeah the beach thing the beach (laughs) thing what's the beach oh i don't yeah sorry i'm making a big brother um correlation about something i have no idea about um that that thing that was on all summer that people were watching oh love island oh love island love island uh okay yeah 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 i was comparing big brother to love island oh yeah okay i love the way that scott completely gave up on the format of trying to come up with some sort of rhyme and was like google or big brother yeah (laughs) google knows everything about you yeah all right we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back and talk about games 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lewis. Hello. Red Dead 2, everyone's favorite route into in shoot 'em up <laughs> Western game. Oh, yes. Uh, it's, it's back. It's coming soon very soon october october 26th yeah i feel like we've been waiting for this game for about five years oh yeah i've been waiting for it yeah since you know since the release of red dead redemption like the, you know the previous game yeah. i've been waiting for the follow-up um i've not... even heard of it yeah, wow. yeah so for, <laughs> i mean it is it is a massive it, as games go it's a blockbuster yeah. um yeah. lewis for people that aren't aware of it what is red dead 2 so red dead redemption 2 is an open world uh wild west uh third person shooter game um it's kind of... If it's you a just, sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel to Red Dead Redemption, um, but it's actually a prequel. Oh, cool. So it's set, yeah, previously, which is also very cool because you'll meet the character that you play as in the first one nice. in the second game. Nice little hat till. Anyway, um, so yeah, you'll go around. You, you play as Arthur Morgan. He's the head of a, a gang of, of bandits on the run across the US. Um, and you just, yeah, you go around, explore. You can go hunting, you can go shooting. I think... Uh, you know, all the excitement at the moment is because Rockstar gave us our first proper look at gameplay the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was quite of, a long sort of yeah, YouTube video, wasn't like it? Like a deep dive into kind of a few of the uh, mechanics that they ha- they're going to offer. And it's, it's, it's part of a series as well. So there's going to be more releasing in the build up to uh, Red Dead 2. Nice. It's, just, it's just like what happened with GTA 5. Like they did a similar thing. They released a couple of videos beforehand, building up the hype. And then by the time the launch came, everybody was ready. Yeah, <laughs> they knew everything that was going to be available. been sufficiently warmed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Red Red Dead um, is made by Rockstar Games, yep. who um, made famous for making the Grand Theft Auto series oh, yeah. of open world games. Um, they also uh, one thing that I love about Rockstar is that they um, they love movies so mm-hmm. and TV. So these games are always heavily sort of pop culture oh, yeah. infused. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and our colleague Tamlin said when he watched the the gameplay video for the new 
Red Dead Redemption 2, that it looks very much Wild Bunch. You're kind of a gang of bandits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that obviously opens up a huge amount of sort of side quest yeah. opportunities, <laughs> I mean, that's doesn't the, it? That's a huge focus in the second game, is that you're not going to just have the main campaign. Yeah. There's going to be so much more for you to do uh, in the open world. And they've, they've, the thing is with Rockstar, when they make open world games, they make living open world games like you you play these games and you'll walk along the road and you'll hear people having conversations mm. and it'll be different every time you go along uh, depending on where you are what the person looks like anything like that it'll just mm. be something different you know i've i've had gta for years now and i'll still play gta and hear conversations mm. i've never heard before yeah. i think that's incredible like when i think like I, I was speaking to um a gaming developer the other day and i was kind of asking her a bit about this like this the level of work that goes into yeah. these things is yeah. just absolutely staggering mm-hmm. it's like making it's 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 like making a, a huge blockbuster series of films or something oh, yeah, like it's, it's, it's yeah. if anything possibly even more well it is more effort, because a film like, is linear yeah but a game has multiple yeah. um sort of forks that yeah, you can, yeah. mm-hmm. can go down yeah it's amazing uh the other thing to say about this game is that it looks absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I, I just I cannot believe how good looking it yeah. is, and the fact that it's the the gameplay that was captured the other day was all captured on a PS4 Pro as mm-hmm. well, um, and it was running at 4K. It looked pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. The frame rate was decent, so I'm just I'm yeah I'm just so ready for the. When's game. When's it When's it coming out? When's it? How much is it going to be? All that stuff. So it's going to be it'll be around the 50 pound mark depending yeah. on where you get it from. Uh, so obviously the digital stores will be a little bit more. Amazon will probably get you a little bit cheaper. Which mm-hmm. is it's not nice. exclusive, is it? Is it Xbox? And PlayStation. It's Xbox and PlayStation. No PC at the moment, no. uh, just like with Grand Theft Auto Five. But as with the other game, I imagine it will be out on PC within a year or so. Mm. They just need a little bit more time to make it as beautiful as it can be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, being set in sort of the the old west, you've got a lot of sort of running creeks, mountains, yeah. dappled yeah. sunlight, that sort of thing. This is what I mean. You've got that's the, how I like my sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're really putting a focus on how varied the environment is in in this game because I mean. Uh, Red Dead Redemption was a great game, but it was a lot of the same kind of landscape. It's quite flat. Yeah, quite flat and dead. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one, you've got, yeah, like, sprawling kind of mountain ranges and, like, you've got, like, built uh, cities and you've got, like, yeah, forests and swamps and snow and rain and heat yeah. and you've got, you got everything. Day-night cycles, like, it's a, it's a fully living mm. uh, game as far as I'm concerned. And mm. the, I think one of the coolest features that not really anyone's talking about is the contextual replies that you can do uh, mm-hmm. in Red Dead Redemption 2. So... As you're going around the world, you'll see events happening. Like it could be someone being robbed, it could be someone having a fight, whatever. And you can choose how you respond to that. Um, mm. It'll give you a bunch of contextual answers, and then you can choose to escalate the situation. You can try to de-escalate the situation and talk them out of it. So mm. if you're being arrested by the police, you can try and talk yourself out of it, or you yeah. can intimidate witnesses into not reporting you. Is that from like a selection of responses? Yeah, or, it, yeah, it, yeah, right, it's, okay. yeah. It's, it, depending on the situation, there'll be different responses. I used to play a game, on. this is slightly on a tangent, sorry, but I used to play a game called Starship Titanic, uh, which I loved, where you were able, you essentially just could say whatever you wanted to say mm. it was and that was really cool i That's quite cool, i quite yeah. enjoyed that it was actually i think it was quite far ahead of it, its time yeah. it was yeah, like influenced no, by yeah. douglas adams it was a great game but yeah you could pretty much come up with any response you liked and i quite like the freedom of this is what i mean that. yeah i think it's going to open a lot of mm. a lot of doors and kind of turns of storytelling and the experiences mm. that people have because i think that one of the, the key things is that with open world games everybody's experience is going to be different mm. depending on what they're doing where they are and stuff like that so yeah, games like this where they give you the opportunity to make your own story as well as follow the 
the beautifully crafted story mm. that Rockstar have created. I think um, I think yeah. that's one thing that they're definitely trying to get across is that you're you're going to go through kind of a character arc of your own choosing here. Yeah. You can decide to be a complete arsehole mm-hmm. or you can decide to maybe be like you know the lovable the yeah. lovable gangster. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, you can sort of make those decisions. Yeah, the way they made on. it sound, yeah, you're, there'll be it sounds like there'll be pivotal points in the story where you'll decide whether to kill someone or yeah. to save them, and then that will have a knock on effect on relationships with others. And in my yeah, experience, yeah. you don't. But rock, in my experience, Rockstar don't reward you for taking the nice guy route because no. you <laughs> often let the guy live, and then that guy will come back and bite you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do. You know what? You're really selling. You're really selling this game to me actually and um and i'll be working from home soon so i'm genuinely tempted to take about a week off work around it sounds it sounds really good just to dive into it and just get some solid time on it my brother's just taken a week off work to play the new world of warcraft brilliant do you know i like definitely i do miss that like i remember playing yeah because i used to play gta and then there was that game i mentioned the starship titanic game Mm -hmm. and like black and white and i don't know um Half-Life was on a page oh, for a yeah. while and Unreal Tournament. And so, yeah, I used to actually be a really big gamer, but for whatever reason, as Life. an adult woman, I just never <laughs> seem to have any Life time. Life gets in the way, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but it's a great thing to do. And if you have the time, then it's like, it's just such a piece of pure escapism oh, yeah. to play a good game. Yeah. So. You know, you got the, yeah, like, I'll, I'll disappear for like three or four hours yeah. and I will, I will not be yeah. here anymore. I will be in that game. I will yeah. be in the Wild West or riding yeah. my horse around, you know, yeah. hunting and shooting people and, doing whatever yeah. and I then when to, I'm done yeah. I'm done that's a new resolution I'm going to make time and play some kind of game this year. Nice. I think everybody should yeah. <laughs> we've um, we've been extremely glowing about this game and, and with, with good reason because I think it's probably going to be absolutely brilliant but yeah. is there any any negatives Any has there been any bad press I, I think one thing to say outright is that this is very much a slow burn of a game like don't yeah. expect to sort of get in and get out in, in 20, 30 hours no it's, yeah I think um it's just, yeah, like with GTA, it's going to have a lot to do. And I think they haven't announced it yet, but there's a lot of rumours that there's going to be some kind of online element, just mm. like with GTA Online, which will really make it last. Because yeah. like with, with GTA 5, uh, you know, the campaign was long. You had a lot to do, but you, within about 50 hours, you'd done yeah. a lot that was in the game. It's a small point as well, but with Red Dead, you, you, you don't have cars. No. <laughs> so everything takes a little bit longer. Yeah. The world's a bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a lot of kind of just riding around yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how they get around there if they offer any kind of uh, fast travel system. Maybe or... a train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they have, got, they have got trains, yeah. Train. Trains are coming. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I think in terms of games coming out in 2018, for anybody that's remotely interested in games, this is the one this to watch one. out for. I well, I'd say this and The Last of Us. Oh, The Last of Us, the yeah. Two, the Last of Us Part two. Yeah. But then that's not this year. They haven't announced it. Oh, is it not? Yeah, no. Sad. Do you play a lot of games, Scott? I don't. So right. I, I used to. I, yeah. I, so I it's a similar to... kind of story to me then. It's yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I still play sport games. Yeah. So I still play um, FIFA. FIFA and Madden and yeah. NBA yeah. 2K because you can sort of get in and get out in under half an hour, mm. um, which tends to be the window of gaming that I get these yeah. days. <laughs> I um, I went the other week to my mate's house because I, I, I used to have a very beloved Dreamcast when I was younger. Oh. And we were, I went over to his and we played Soul Calibur for like a good <laughs> two hours. And it was just so much fun. Um, so yeah, but it's it's a bit of a it's become a bit of a um, I don't know how to put it a, a niche cultish thing now the Dreamcast like yeah. it's he he was saying like how much he'd bought it for and stuff and I was like oh okay so there is still a market for oh, yeah. these kind of retro games yeah, too. I think there's like a there's like a retro gaming revolution at the yeah moment. like I've seen a lot of 
companies kind of like Atari is bringing out like old school consoles yeah. and uh, you get a lot of these third party ones that will kind of combine like 400 retro mm. games into one little handheld for you and yeah it's, just like, it's quite nice it's like a little trip down memory lane yeah, I've yeah. really enjoyed it yeah people, yeah. Are, people are here for yeah. it yeah. Yeah, yeah. but in short I am dying to play this game I just need to find a way to have enough time to yeah. play it yeah yeah me too cool um, I don't think we need to go around the room but I'm going to do it anyway uh, Red Dead or Dead Red Red Dead yeah I mean, from what I've heard, Red, Red Dead. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure it'll be very good for you. <laughs> Karen's like, I'm going to opt out this ridiculous yeah, the, format. The last, the last game I played was Monkey Island. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, cool. Take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about the iMac. Karen, uh, 20 years of the iMac. Yep. Time flies. It sure does. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the iMac arrived or uh, went on sale on the 15th of August, 1998. A year after Steve Jobs came back to Apple. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the timeline of Jobs here? So he he basically came back in 1997, mm-hmm. and he was like interim CEO and all of that. And then um, that was his first big project, really. So the iMac became, well, probably the most successful product for years at Apple. So um, the, the design icon, you know, available in Bondi Blue, dramatically different to any other PC available at the time. Everything was beige boxes, and as Apple sort of promoted the new the colours of the iMac and so on. Um, the name, I thought that was quite an interesting story because Steve Jobs wanted to call it the Mac Man at the time. <laughs> he had the Walkman, <laughs> and it oh, was that yeah. sort of you know. To yeah. us, it just sounds like such a rubbish name. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. They definitely picked the right one. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that was the idea well. of um, Ken Sigal, who was um, one of the ad, uh, at, the, at the ad agency at the time, and he actually had quite a battle with Steve Jobs to get him to agree to that as the name. It's Steve interesting because people always sort of paint Steve Jobs as being sort of almost infallible in retrospect, but then mm. you look at things like that and you realise. Yeah. A lot of these decisions, it's never, it can never just be one, one no. I did, a few yeah. years ago, I actually met Ken Segal at, at an event, and from what he was sort of saying, it made me think that um, with Steve Jobs, it was very much a case of trying to get him to feel that it was his idea. Yeah, right? yeah, so that's I'm sure that's how they sort of went about it. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah you know, the I in IMAT was signifying internet, and at the time, mm. it was the very early infancy of the internet actually kept coming to, like, normal people at home. Mm. And the interesting thing was that when the iMac went on sale on the 15th of August, 1998, um, it became the number one PC that Christmas. And 32% of people who were buying the Mac, the iMac, it was their first ever computer. So, I, I mean, remember, we, I, vague, yeah. I do just about remember this. Like I, I remember it kind of appearing in um, friends' houses mm. and, and being like, oh my God, your parents are so cool. <laughs> and, and thinking that it was like this great object yeah. of desire. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. And it certainly made an impression because after the iMac designer, of course it was designed by um, Jonathan Ives, who's a Brit, oh, yes. mm-hmm. Sir Jonathan Ives. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, you had all these copycat designs, not not in terms of computers back then, but, you know, all these sort of devices coming out with the clear plastic mm. so you could see the components on the inside. Mm. Um, I, also interesting, I thought, was the fact that when the iMac first went on sale, it cost $1,224, mm. which actually isn't that far off what it costs now. Yeah, so but with inflation. But yeah, <laughs> yeah then, you can, then you consider inflation. So yeah, yeah, uh, in today's money, that's one thousand nine hundred and twenty-three dollars. Yeah, okay. Um, it's but still if you fairly actually, affordable. If you so that's still yeah. not that that bonkers for what you're it, getting. 
yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of money. Yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if you were spending that much on an iMac now, you'd get a very, very good iMac. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is worth saying that this this wasn't this was a time when not everyone had a had a PC. Mm. It was still yeah. very much a hobbyist yeah. market, it was, wasn't it? It yeah. was. It was going to be your, your rich friends yes. who were buying one. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We um, didn't. We didn't have one. <laughs> no. it, wasn't, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just about design as well. You know, one of the things that the new, the iMac lacked when it launched was a floppy drive, and everyone right. was like, "Oh my god, it's not got a floppy drive." It makes the whole like USB yeah. C thing. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Yeah, because the fact that it didn't have a floppy drive, yeah. you didn't. You couldn't actually print unless you had a dongle, basically, or yeah. whatever they called them back then, so that you could plug in printer with the old-fashioned uh you know uh, ports because i think there was an hp the first hp printers come out of a usb didn't come out until a few months later right yeah 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 so at the time everyone was like oh my god outraged by doesn't have so apple's been making everyone crazy with its like port choices for quite a long time courage (laughs) yeah Yeah. it is courage (laughs) it is courage yeah it's good yeah so was the imac the first apple pc or was that the one that was named after his daughter but not named after his daughter oh well no there was the the, the, the Lisa before the Lisa. some of the oh, features yeah. of the Lisa did actually come into the iMac because was the Lisa really the first one that had a mouse point and click I, I would have to yeah that's what I do I know <laughs> the Macintosh had been around for a while before and that could have been a, a you know that there were people at home who would have had a Macintosh and they yeah. did have the U, U, UI and all of that so yeah. I don't think the iMac was the first in terms of those features but the least it certainly brought yeah. some of those features to a sort of more uh, consumer audience mm. but at a higher price yeah and i think it was just the design though that's mm-hmm. the thing that's so groundbreaking because it because it looks it it took apple and it well i mean at least from from my impression anyway kind of helps establish them as they're seen now as being yeah. the pinnacle of kind of beautiful yeah design. this is design. it they weren't the first but they were yeah. the best but they were so, but they did it really well yeah. exactly yeah because of course um the iMac when it first launched was available in Bondi Blue, but then over the sort of next couple of years, they brought out all sorts of different colours. So you had mm-hmm. blueberry, lime, strawberry, grape, tangerine, mm. and then later on indigo, ruby, graphite, snow. My, my the ones I remember the most are the flower power and blue dalmatian, oh, which were quite. I see. Why? Really. Why isn't someone doing that now? I'd love to have a computer with. Oh, There's not just yeah. a, not just a boring kind of black or grey yeah. colour. Um, yeah. yeah, we did um, that a few years ago with the iPhone 5C. They brought the colourful yeah, range, and yeah. they just killed it straight back off again. And yeah. I think that's such a shame because I think you know they're they're quite. I love a colourful. Yeah, like more Huawei and world other is a good Android thing. companies are all doing really colourful phones these days, yeah. and they just look so good. And yeah. like, I'd, I'd love like a, a, a blue iPhone 10 or like a red iPhone 10. Uh, I've got yeah. a nice, I've got a nice blue um, Sony Xperia, but yeah, I did I think, I think it's well, yeah, it's, it's not not necessarily the most exciting phone, anymore. but yeah, I mean, perhaps now that companies are becoming a bit more worried about blue light on the actual phone screen, maybe they might brighten up the rest of the phone and dim down the screen. I don't know. I mean, probably not. The, um, the design sort of uh, by when would that have been? Um, Twenty. 2002-ish, I think, was when they brought out the angle poised lamp version. So mm. basically, they went from having that big CRT monitor with the uh, clear plastic to a uh, LCD monitor on top of this sort of bulb below. Um, and that design only lasted a couple of years, but it was kind of like, if you think about at the time, they wanted to bring out the LCD, that was the only way they could do it. And it was a couple of years later that they designed it so that you could have everything behind the screen. Mm. And um, the next big change there came when 
the um, aluminium version arrived. Although actually, I skipped something there because in 2006, you had the Intel Switch, mm. which was a big deal as well. Mm-hmm. It didn't change the design of the iMac, but the fact that it had the Intel chip inside, from Apple's perspective, meant they had to rewrite and, and use Rosetta and everything else. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it could have been... If that had hadn't have happened, you know who knows where the IMO would be today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then you had the in the uh, aluminium iMac. Um, a few years later, they slimmed that down, and when they slimmed the aluminium iMac down, they removed the CD drive. And right. again, so <laughs> yeah. I'm just Flashbacks. I brought that back yeah. because yeah. it was like it's the floppy drive all over again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, yeah. they Apple's desire and Apple's desire to make it look great often comes at the expense of certain things that we all think yeah. we really need. But How it's funny though, because exist? you know, yeah, because yeah, I've got I, my on my PC at home. I remember at the time because we got this four years ago. In fact, my other half kind of essentially built it for us, which likes to go on and on about it to anyone that will listen to him. Um, bless him. But I and I was like, oh, do we really need a CD drive? Like, uh, sorry, I, I, at the time he was like, do we need one? And I was like, oh yeah, but it might be nice to have it in case. I've never put anything no, in it yeah. ever. Yeah. No. So, so actually, Apple, although it does make people furious, and mm. I understand, a lot of the time they they, they can be quite prescient about yeah. what people will actually need. Mm. It's a bit like the kind of, if you ask people what they want, they'll say um, a faster horse. It's like that old quote, yeah. like Apple sometimes understands that what people think they want and what they're actually yeah. going to use in future can be quite different. I mean, Steve Jobs famously didn't agree with the idea of using focus groups because mm. he felt that people will tell you they want one thing, but really they don't want that. It's funny because in a way, it's uh, I, I kind of really dislike that way of looking at things because when you talk to people that work in like UX or whatever, you know, you do have to look at what users are doing. But then on the other hand, I think the difference is that if you do that, you will only ever get incremental improvement. Yeah, you're not you're never going paradigm. to completely revolutionise something, which is no. which is where Apple, which is where his approach, despite probably being part of the product of his overall slightly <laughs> unpleasant personality, pro- probably did work. They yeah. probably needed to have that. Sometimes approach. you have to make those yeah. difficult Sacrifices. decisions. Yeah. 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 And big picture, the iMac really kind of set off the golden age of, of Apple, didn't it? It's mm. kind of mm. launched that that period of design where yeah. Jobs just like the Apple stock price which was absolutely on the floor um mm. just went up and up and up and, oh, yeah. and the company kind of had it's its course, renaissance you know you mm. had uh, the, the iMac iPod. and then you had the iPod and then you mm. had the iPhone and yeah you yeah know, and now it's the, the most valuable company yeah. in the world yeah. so exactly. there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and next apparently is, you know the next big things are going to be the car and all of mm. these things so we'll see what happens yeah yeah cool Well, thank you very much for listening this week. We will be back next week for, I think, our 100th show. We're getting very, very close. So thank you. If you enjoyed this, remember to like, tell your friends, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. See ya. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.